listening to Obstacle Races New Zealand. Join your hosts Max Bell and Stephen Steady as they explore the realms of obstacle sports, including OCR, mud running, adventure racing, hybrid racing, ninja and more in New Zealand and abroad. Well, we don't have to introduce ourselves anymore. You've just heard a brand new introduction. We'd be interested in your feedback. Uh, hit up on Facebook or Instagram and tell us what you think. Well, Max, um, you've done a good job getting that organised. Yeah, it sounds sounds amazing. Yeah. Sounds very, very professional. Uh, we need to up our quality of our podcast now to match our new intro. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, now you've upped the game. We'll have to up our game ourselves. Yes, that's exciting. It's a yeah. new year. Hopefully some events coming this year. So it's all looking rosy. Yeah, fingers crossed there's events coming. Still meaning to catch up on all our news at some point on an intro to our podcast, talk about the new COVID restrictions. Um, but the, yeah, our guest for today is an event organiser. We talk about his events coming for the year. Yeah, and it was a good chat too. Um, quite interesting to see where where he's come from and uh, how they ended up where they are. For sure. So what have we been up to? Catch up on our, ourselves? What have you been up to? Uh, I just did the, this morning, I signed up to the CrossFit Open for the first time ever. <laughs> so it's, uh, that was cool. It's, uh, I've sort of seen it take place in previous years when I've done CrossFit <clears throat> a long time ago in the past, but I've never participated in it. Um, so it's a large global event. It's the largest participatory sporting event in the world. So it's a big, uh, it's like three weeks. You do one workout a week for three weeks. You submit your scores, and I believe the top qualify for the, the next level, and then they, it leads into the CrossFit Games is the deal. Um, but overall, like it brings, you know, all people compete in their, their gyms, their CrossFit affiliates, brings all the gyms together and brings the CrossFit community together. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It was a hard workout, 15 minutes long. But the <laughs> yeah, it's a big thing. I followed a bit on Facebook now. My wife used to be, used to do CrossFit quite a lot, and this time of the year, whenever they had their, what do you call it, it was always straight home from work and straight off to the CrossFit. Um, but yeah, it is certainly a big event around the world. And then if you're good enough, you can end up at becoming, uh, going to the, the big event in somewhere in the States, can't you? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I've got to become the fittest person in the world. Yeah. Fittest person yeah. on earth, sorry. And um, I also did a, people put on a chase tag event so that was pretty cool uh so it's, it's another obstacle-ish sport um so world chase tag it's, it's huge around europe and some other parts of the world it's basically tag but for adults <laughs> it's super fun it's like 20 second matches with a bunch of obstacles and one person runs away one person chases them it's super super fast like you're sprinting the whole time it's it's awesome so someone organised a just a casual game of that in Wellington, um, but there's been some other people in Wellington trying to organise proper games of it for a while, but they've gotten in touch and now it's kicked things off again, and hopefully something will get set up here and there'll be regular games every week. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, I saw you post some uh, some videos the other day. It's only twenty seconds. It doesn't sound very long, but. Uh... Yeah, it's so fast. Yeah, it's, it's 20 seconds maximum, but a lot of the matches take 10 seconds until you're caught. Um, but if, if you manage to evade, you stay on. So if you're constantly getting away, you're, you're getting more and more exhausted and fresh people are coming on to chase you. Oh, okay. 
And it's so like, because uh, what's a ATB or what's the energy? There's some energy system in the body, right? Like your body, you can exercise for 20, 30 seconds without breathing. Yep. Just sprint pace. But that's all this chase tag is. You know, it's pure sprint energy systems. Um, so it's, yeah, it's very interesting fitness wise as well that you're just going full pace around this arena. <laughs> Just for a few seconds. And it was um, just set up in a, like a warehouse or something like because it looked like there was a lot of boxes and tape and that sort of around. Yeah, so World Chase Tag, the proper league, has their like official arena with official obstacles and it's the same worldwide, making it a sport okay. standard. Uh, but the way we set it up was just at a council-owned recreation centre. So they have a bunch of gymnastics equipment, um, like vault boxes and... They had some skate ramps they pushed in as well. And they do have parkour equipment at the rec centre, but they didn't have permission to use it. So hopefully going forward, they'll combine the parkour stuff with the gymnastics stuff and make like a, a cool arena. Yeah, sounds very interesting. So I did the uh, Cargo Coastal Challenge. Uh, it's a beach run, I suppose you'd call it, around the coast of uh, the east coast of Auckland. There's a 50k, a 33 21, 17, 11, and six kilometre races. I had signed up for the 21, but uh, dropped down to the 11. I'm still having trouble with my knees after the goat back in January, so haven't been doing a lot of running. But it was a really good run. A good, it's good run. It's one of these ones that uh, you never know. Well, you do know what time it's going to start, but it changes time every year because it's got to be. Um, they start the race three hours before low tide because a lot of the headlands you run around are underwater at high tide, so. Ah, so you're running on on the beach the whole course? Well, it's, yeah, it's not, if you know the east coast uh, beaches of Auckland, there's not a lot of beach there. There is, it's all rocky um, and I won't call it reefy, but it's just, yeah, the rocks. It's just, there is sections of beach, but yeah, it's really good, good fun. Great day out. COVID restrictions made it a little bit different where we had to start in waves and one of my mates started in one of the earlier waves and he'd finished the race before I actually even got to start. Yeah, so shuffling those things around was a bit of a pain and it must have been hard for them organising it right as well because they had so many more volunteers because each little wave had their own check-in people and their own um, start people so it, that makes it a lot harder. Okay, so they weren't to carry staff between the, the waves? Well, no, a lot of the staff, once they their wave had gone, that was it, because it's all voluntary. So they'd finished the race. The girls that were in our wave that started the wave were actually did the race as well. Um, oh. So the two girls started, oh, they checked us all in, they, <laughs> they started the race, then went to the back of the field and joined the run. So, uh, yeah, no, it was good fun. I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, haven't been doing too much otherwise. Like I said, I've got crook knees, so I've been... I've got back into push bike riding more than running at the moment. Did you want to go through some postponements? I know you said you had a list of postponements that we knew of. Yeah, so in the OCR races, there's been a few of them postponed that we haven't covered yet. Ultimate Athlete, Oriwa. So that was scheduled to take place in March and has postponed to December. December 2nd and 3rd? Yep. Yes. Yep, so it's cool, it's still going ahead this year, but postponed till the end of the year. And the date does clash with Alpha Challenge, unfortunately, which is another OCR in the South Island. 
So the second race we've seen is Mud, Sweat and Tears Blast, which was scheduled to take place in March and is postponed. They haven't given an, a new date, but they say said July. Um, and this is the race we talked about previously that in early episodes of the podcast, we talking about they announced a new Mud, Sweat and Tears event called Blast, and they were describing it as an adventure race, which I think was a bit of the wrong terminology on their part. Because it's it's a 5k 5k mud run basically looking at it um but hopefully that gets to go ahead that's off to a rocky start next race that we've seen postponed is the manga mayhem which was meant to be in march as well and has postponed till next year 2023 and this race i hadn't heard of before so it looks like an obstacle race up in like north of auckland okay um but looking through their photos yeah it looks big family event lots of people a lot of pretty simple obstacles but then they also have things like they have monkey bars in there did they say uh, where it is ah uh, manga tapiru okay oh just out of fungary all right okay yeah mm, interesting Can't um, yeah some decent looking obstacles on their photos um a small set of monkey bars but they got some vault boxes and some rope swings and yeah Looks pretty cool. So that's been put off for you. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. A lot of these small events might get put off and just might never come back. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's disappointing, I suppose, for a, a few people, especially Rorua. It's going to cause a huge problem at the end of the year because it's not only the Alpha Challenges on that weekend. Um, the last of the exterior races here in Auckland has been shifted. One of them has been shifted to that weekend as well. So... It's going to be a whole heap of deciding what to do. Yeah, I love going to Armageddon every year with my kids. The pop culture, like a yep. geek thing, people cosplay. Um, but the Wellington one recently got postponed till that same weekend as well. Oh, okay. so, yeah, it's going to be hard to choose what to do on that weekend. But one positive, I suppose, this week, I see we um, the borders are open to Australia, to uh, Kiwis returning from Australia and. I see they're announcing tonight that uh, they're going to take the uh, seven-day isolation away as well. So if, if you're a Kiwi returning to New Zealand, you uh, don't have to isolate. Mm. Yeah, is it just Kiwis at this point? It's... Uh, I only just heard heard that at 4.30 when I was listening to a uh, Yeah, just, just got announced literally. I saw the headline, but I haven't read all the info yet. It just got announced literally right before we were recording today, hasn't it? That may affect Spartan coming to New Zealand. Hopefully, it makes it easier for them to get over. Yeah, they hopefully from Australia. Hopefully, by the time they were going to be here, that we'd be back to some sort of normal. If the world ever going to go back to normal. Uh, but on Spartan, we've got some listener mail. Our first ever piece of mail. Mm. Although, although we kind of asked them to submit it. <laughs> so he sent it in to us. Uh, but if anyone wants to write in an email or some feedback, yeah, feel free. Get in touch feel with us and yep. if they want, we'll read it out on the show. But it's a few episodes ago, we interviewed Jeremy Robinson, who is over in Abu Dhabi, where the Spartan World Championship took place. So he sent in his write-up on the event. So I'll read it out. It's about a page and a half long, but we'll get through it. So Jeremy says, the event started on Thursday, 2nd of December, 
with the opening of the festival village. Accommodation on the site consisted of four-person tents, uh, booking a four-person tent, or if you had your own tent and camping equipment, booking a spot on the camping grounds. And the camping grounds had kitchen and bathroom facilities every 100 metres and were suitable for any avid camper. Uh, the registration was quick and easy, and they had multiple check-in desks operating to cater for the influx of races. And after passing through that, you were led to the merchandise tent. Sounds pretty <laughs> pretty well set up the merchandise there. Um, so he says it provided a small selection of merchandise, oh, which was disappointing. Okay, maybe it wasn't well set up. Um, they displayed mainly racing gear, event-specific gear, and old stock. Uh, the festival village was well set out with kiosks and seating areas, activity booths and food trucks scattered over a two-hectare space and a large stage in one corner for the entertainment and presentations later that weekend. Uh, sleeping on the Thursday night was nearly impossible as the country was celebrating their jubilee, 50 years since the forming of the United Arab Emirates. Uh, unfortunately, the site is also popular for the local community and was inundated with dune buggies, land cruisers, quad bikes, racing up and down the dunes until 5 a.m. the next morning. Uh, not forgetting the nearby drifting competition and celebratory fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> good weekend. Yeah, good preparation for the, the athletes. Uh, the Friday saw many more athletes registering and some driving in from Abu Dhabi two and a half hours away. Oh, didn't realise it was so far up. Um, as the elite race wasn't until 3pm, many were able to take the time to enjoy the festival and arrange their accommodation. The race started close to close to on time, and there were approximately 150 athletes competing. Um, that must be the elite race he's talking about. Yeah. He says he was positioned as a marshal on one of the obstacles at mile 10 or 16 k's in and could see by the faces of most of the athletes this was a tough course, not to mention hot. Unfortunately, due to my responsibilities as a marshal, I missed racing the super race later that night, uh, which was an open category of about 700 athletes. But I fought a chance to race, what did he say? Ricky. Ricky the course. What does Ricky mean? Check it out. Okay. Ricky Noita. Does it? Okay. So you got a chance to check it out. Uh, Saturday was the day of the age group races. About 400 athletes. The Open, about 450 athletes. The team race and the kids event. The weather was a little cooler, which was good. But with a starting time of 10am and an anticipated time of three and a half hours, the midday sun would be intense and play a big factor in some athletes completing the race. Nutrition and hydration were going to be important. The moment you started the race, you knew it was going to be a slog. The first obstacle of the four foot wall was easy, but you were immediately thrown into a sand dune with deep soft sand and it was relentless. In my opinion, the obstacles were not difficult with favorites like the monkey bars, multi-rig, twister, and monkey in the middle being fairly easy. The hardest obstacle was the sand and mental fortitude. A lot of athletes bailed out at mile seven, halfway, which was at the rope climb and the uh, back in the festival village. The thought of climbing the 
tallest sand dune of 900 feet and heading back out into the desert with the midday sun and heat was enough to cause some people to DNF. The second half of the course only got worse and honestly quite boring as <laughs> there were just sand for miles, uh, seven long more miles. The back half consisted of over under through the Tyrolean Traverse and an unbelievable 75 degree inclined sand dune climb and a series of hurdles, barbed wire, stairway to Sparta, twister, eight foot wall and additional sandbag carry before literally crawling up the last sand dune to the pinnacle of the 900 foot dune. This was an epic way to finish the race. The view from the top of the dune down to the festival village was amazing and encouraged any athlete through the sand towards the last obstacles. The Hercules hoist, monkey in the middle and slip wall before crossing the fire jump and completing the race. To summarize, the race was brutal. Even the best of the elite athletes noted as much and personally one of the toughest races I have run so far. Hydration and nutrition were important and utilizing the water stations was necessary for those not climatized to the area. It was hot, dry and sandy. Uh, the festival area was well organized and catered for the athletes. The organizing was very good considering the logistics of getting equipment in and out of the site as well as dealing with a public accessible site. There is a good chance that it will be returning to Abu Dhabi next year, but not necessarily in the same location. In total, a great race and an even greater event. Hmm. That was interesting. I must admit, I watched the videos as well. It did look brutal, looked hot, and the view from the top of that last sand dune, whatever it's called, Mahaba, is uh, pretty spectacular. But having all those uh, Jeeps and hybrid four-wheel drives hurtling around out there would be <laughs> very annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the news has come out since Jeremy wrote that, I believe, that the Spartan World Championships are returning to Abu Dhabi for 2022. Um, so the official Spartan website says that, all it says is coming soon for the World Championships 2022. It says... Details about where they're heading, headed in 2022 are coming soon. Stay tuned. But we do know they are taking place again in Abu Dhabi. But quite possibly a different location within there. Which is awesome. Back in that part of the world again. All that sand will be brutal. And uh, it'll be interesting to see next year now that people have gotten the chance to see what the championship course was like and the sand conditions. And that, that. It'll be interesting to see next year if, you know, the completion times are faster, as people know yeah. what to expect now. Uh, and some of them, like their people were underprepared, because I watched uh, the Obstacle Media podcast on it, their video. I mean, people were taking that much sand in their shoes. They were taking off their, their shoes and running barefoot. It must have been hard on your feet, because unless you run around this, the desert barefoot all the time, uh, it's not all soft sand. There is hard rocks and everything in there. Because so. I was watching the official Spartan videos, but the commentators were pointing out just in the elite race, everyone had the the garters, the shoe covers yep. on. They were pointing out a lot of them weren't sand garters. <laughs> a lot of people no, had a lot like, of the wrong ones yeah. on. It was still letting sand in their shoes. So people, even the elites had the wrong the, equipment. Um, the states and all that, they just used um, snow ones, which mm. are waterproof, but not made for sand. And, and apparently they weren't high enough up their leg either. Ah. Yeah, it's crazy. Even the elites were not prepared for it. 
but now yeah, next year will be a lot different. Everyone knows what, what gear to bring and what terrain to train on. Okay, well, should we flip over and uh, have a listen to what Murray's got to say about um, event promotion and Tough Guy, Tough Girl? Absolutely. So joining us today on the podcast is Murray Fleming, who is the Managing Director of Event Promotions, awesome event company in New Zealand. So they've been going since 1989, and according to their website, they run 10 of the largest and most iconic events in New Zealand, attracting around 45,000 participants annually. Um, and among those events are the Tough Guy and Gal series, which um, most of our listeners will be familiar with, and you want to like, pick your brain today, you know, find out about you, your background, and about event promotions, and about the Tough Guy and Gal events in particular. Thanks very much for the... Uh... The lovely intro and and the in, and invite to come and chat to you you and your uh, your listeners. That, that's that's good. Um, glad to have you here. Um, as Max said, your uh, a lot of our listeners participate in your events. Hopefully, we can get something out of it. Um, should we start first of getting a bit of history or background on Murray, where he went to school, where he where he comes from, and where he's based now, and sort of a little bit of a Bit of a background before we get into where events promotions come from and and then the whole racing scene well i was actually an invercargill boy so a southland boy um, born and bred and uh, spent all of my schooling down in, in invercargill uh once i'd finished school i went to otago university and did a pe degree in at otago and uh, i was a very very keen runner uh, and so sport's always been a big, big part of my life and running really pretty much controlled my life. I uh, was training twice a day, very quite a competitive athlete, sort of at national level, ran for New Zealand twice in the marathon as an invite athlete in a couple of marathons overseas. So um, that's really my, my whole love for sport has created uh, created my whole path through my working career. Uh, after leaving university, I went to Tokerail and worked for the, at the YMCA where I did all the program directing and, and created all the events and all the activities that happen at, in the Tokerail YMCA. So that was kind of my schooling, I suppose. Uh, owned an indoor cricket centre in Tauranga for a couple of years. And then pretty much we created uh, event promotions when we were living in Taupo um, in conjunction with running a sport and rec uh, course for some unemployed kids so uh, to try and get them motivated to get back into work. So did those for a couple of years and then started with a um, beer and food festival in Taupo. And obviously sporting's my big background so that was a bit of a disaster. We're before our time, actually 1987 that was, in 1980. Eight, we did a New Year's Eve festival. Of course, no one in those days was used to um, paying to go to anything for New Year's Eve or anything. So, again, before our time. And uh, because I have got a, such a passion for running and and, um, and events, we uh, created event promotions where we started the Taupo Great Lake Relay. Um, we had teams of 10 to 18 would run around the lake in February. Um, first year we had 2,000 competitors, so that's basically where event promotion started, and it then got big enough that I could 
give away my other job and just totally focus on sporting events. And since then, our portfolio of events has grown considerably to running events, mountain bike events, road cycling, uh, and of course, our big series, The Tough Guy and Girl, which uh, pre-COVID was hosting close to 25,000 people a year. Yeah, I see on your website, you've got a pretty mean, uh, or had a pretty mean um, marathon time of two hours 18. Yeah, no, it wasn't too bad. And so Macau and Birmingham, they were, Birmingham, was that Commonwealth Games or is that just? No, uh, Birmingham, yes. um, the 100th anniversary of Birmingham. So Athletics New Zealand uh, uh, were asked to uh, have a couple of athletes to go over to Birmingham. And Macau was the same. So sadly, I I think I was in the top 10, but only ran about 2.21. So I was a little bit disappointed, but a great, great experience to be able to wear that silver fern. I was not quite quick enough to go to the to the Commonwealth Games because you need a 2.16. I only did a 2.18. So close, but... Close, but not close enough. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then you... Um got into event promotions and that so where does the mud run sort of thing come from because it's looking at your uh, website and everything you're more of a road racer and, and all that so how did you get into putting together a, a, a pretty mean mud run well it's the 20th anniversary this year which we're really stoked about it's amazing how fast time goes but uh, we, when we had the Taupo Great Lake Relay Obviously, then you need to diversify. So then, if one event doesn't go so well, or uh, then you've you've got an, an income throughout the whole year. So it was more of a commercial slant. Um, so I looked on the on the website and looked around the world to see if there was anything that was a bit different and weird that wasn't didn't presently exist in New Zealand. And 20 years ago, I mean, obstacle races didn't exist in New Zealand really. Um, and I came across the tough guy in England and I thought, well, that's kind of a pretty cool, different concept. So we tried it and um, after three years, we just about threw it away because it really was struggling to get any traction in New Zealand, but um, very pleased that we kept it, obviously. And that's, that's the same with a lot of our other ones. We had uh, a mountain bike event called the Day Night Thriller in Taupo and we were hosting over three and a half thousand cyclists each year at that event was the largest mountain bike event in the world at that stage. Um, so we, yeah, we've had some pretty big successes and obviously some some not ones that haven't done so well as, not done as well as also, but um, yeah, that's where the tough guy and girl sort of came from. We, I wanted to diversify, so we had running, mountain biking, road cycling, and, and something a little different. And of course, running was my passion, and I love cross country as well. So it really is just an extreme cross country event. Yes, but it is, it is it, well, the ones I've done have been very well put on, and um, having hot showers at the end, no one else does that. That's a big plus, especially when you're getting a bit old. Well, yeah, I mean, your event, we've, we, we, uh, we're very proud of what we put on, and it's about the total experience, and it's from when you turn up and you've got parking marshals and then you've got your registration, you're not queuing for 45 minutes, you know, you've got sufficient staff to cater for the numbers that you've got 
and and really we always uh, contract in sound companies, so therefore you've got good quality sound, good music, um, and employ professional MCs, the whole lot, because it's the total experience, not just the event. The event's the excuse to come, but yeah. we won't go away thinking, wow, that was just an amazing day, and including our little race packs and our, and our prize givings, and, and a lot of events haven't got those either. It's one of the amazing things about Tough Guy and Girl events. I've done a few of them myself, um, but just watching the event unfold, it's really, really efficient. Like you guys have it all really tightly packed yep. um, throughout the day. You know, the, the timings of the different waves starting and finishing and um, are quite precise. And like people are packing down the course, you know, as it's there's not like just hours mucking around like there is for most races. <laughs> um, it's quite amazing. Did you guys take a long time to get it that efficient? Is that something that has developed over 20 years? Um, I've got a, a, a team of about probably f only four guys that they follow me around uh, they all get paid obviously but um they're just so passionate about it as well we always talk about it beforehand but they we all know what everybody else is doing and everybody just pitches in and gets it done as well no one get, runs away and you know i'm on the microphone but as soon as i finish that i'll be down helping the guys putting the barriers on the on the trailer there's none of this I'm not. I'm too good for this. On you know, the, the whole team work as a, a really tight unit. I suppose we, you know, we do uh, 20 races in Tough Guy a year around the different venues. So we probably get pretty efficient at it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wanted to go back to you about backing up a little bit. You mentioned Tough Guy in the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about that because that that's sort of like the legendary. In, in obstacle racing as a sport, uh, tough guy is kind of that legendary status of, you know, it's sort of held up as the origin of obstacle racing. So one of my questions was to ask you if there is any connection between tough guy and gal and tough guy, and you said there was, um, which sort of blows my mind. Well, <laughs> I didn't realise that a New Zealand event is connected to it. Yeah, we got that original concept from the website, but... Um, I looked at it and they built a lot of big, big obstacles like Spartan do and some of the other obstacle runners uh, events. But the tough guy and girl, um, we have focused a lot more on our beautiful natural things that we've got. So I do spend a lot of time finding the, the appropriate venue. Uh, in saying that, we've got a new venue for Auckland this year, which is really, really cool. It's in Kumu rather than out at Helensville. Um, so very much looking forward to going to QMU. The original concept, you know, like most events, you get a little an idea from there, and you and you you change the concept to suit New Zealand, and because sure. uh, we, we've got such beautiful terrain here that mm. we didn't need need to build a lot of obstacles. We've got so many natural obstacles with our ditches and uh, and so on. So you didn't actually go over and, and compete. You just got their website and plagiarised it, for want of a better word. Well, no, we got the original concept of uh, of doing an obstacle race with some with a little real extreme cross country event, yep, and changed it to suit out the New Zealand environment. Yep. So on the on the venues, because um, I used to do, I used to live near Palmerston North. Yep. I that one every year, and then I moved away. And I see some point Palmerston North has stopped. 
Um, what was the reason that Palmerston North stopped? And there was another, you guys had another city, I think, which isn't held well, anymore, right? It walks Bay adults as well. It, come, it comes down to, uh, well, the reason we moved out of the army is every year we had to talk to the new colonel. So you're, you're um, every year you, you were waiting for them to say, yes, we could come back. Uh, and we were very blessed that we could go back for many, many years. When COVID arrived, um, they said we couldn't go back because they couldn't support the event with the personnel because they they had to go and assist in a lot of the MIQ hotels. So there was a bit of a blessing in a way because Massey University, uh, where we now run the junior tough guy and girl, is unbelievable. It really is. It's um, The Army was – we were on – privileged to be in the army but the course and the facilities at Massey are actually tenfold better than they are uh, for the juniors than they were at the army just getting access in and out as well uh, in the army as you know was quite challenging uh, the juniors one year we had a backup back to Massey which was about a six kilometer tailback on vehicles because they had to check everybody's license to get in driver's license so um, coming to Massey has been a, a, a it's going to be really good for the event. I mean, last year we had uh, just under 2,000 kids in one day at Massey. So this year we've expanded that to two days. Yeah, I keep trying to talk my kid into doing <laughs> some of the events, but he's not keen yet. One day, one day I'll get him, get him along. Yeah, yeah. No, well, the junior tough guys just, it really, um, it's been going for 10 years and um, 15, 15 or 16,000 kids do it, and they're just as proud as punch having their little finishers medals at prize giving. We are at the moment actually seeking a new naming rights sponsor for the juniors as well. So if any of your listeners think their company might be appropriate fit for uh, that, then um, give us a buzz and we'd love to have a chat. We tend to try and raise a lot of money for a charity as well with the junior tough guy and girl. Um, and if so, if a company's got a charity that they partner with a lot then that would become the official charity of this of the um, junior tough guy and girl and in the past we've raised between sort of 30 and fifty thousand dollars for our partner charity partner at the junior tough guy annually yeah, the junior is the largest one out of all the because you have the adults and the secondary schools and there's a woman's only one now right um is the junior yeah. the one that gets the most participants yeah it is it is um as I say, about 15,000. Hamilton stows out real quick. Um, they've got three three consecutive days in Hamilton for juniors with around about 12 or 1,300 kids a day. Um, we've got Palmerston North. They will have two days of about 1,500 each probably. Uh, Wellington will sell out with two days of 1,000 kids each day. Um, Hawke's Bay, I think we had about 1,600 in one day in Hawke's Bay. Rotorua will have a couple of days of 1,000 each day or 1,200. Tauranga will have probably 800. We're at Bay Park, a really cool venue there as well. And then Auckland, I think, with coming into Cumu, um, because we're at the now at the showgrounds and we've got the pony club next door with a lot of obstacles and stuff and we're building stuff and building mud pits. The parking facilities in Auckland now are just unbelievable, but also the shelter and the the um, the, the room for the the uh, for the schools to put tents up, 
if it or we've got huge sheds for cover as well because obviously August is uh, a little bit tricky weather-wise. It can be pretty shitty or it can be very nice. So um, I think QMU is going to be really good for the Auckland venue. I think junior numbers will probably they will uh, increase heaps this year. How's the uh, the, um, the women's only, the Tough Girl Team Challenge going? Because um, that, that's something I believe is a New Zealand first as well. Because overseas there's, you know, mud runs, obstacle races that are women's only events. But I think this may be the only one in New Zealand, which is quite exciting. Um, but yeah, is it, is it going well? Um, we I created that because the majority of our competitors, over 60% of our competitors are female, right? But and a lot of them, they'll come once or twice. And then it was an idea of how do you get your mates back that don't want to have get timed? Because we're the, one of the only obstacle races as well that time, time your events as well. So that the, the team, the women's only team, thought let's take away the competitive aspect so then you can get your friend who doesn't want to be under pressure to have to, you know, be timed. Um, and... Pre-COVID, our entry numbers were looking really good. And then all of a sudden, COVID happened, and and the numbers have just, they, no one entered. But this year, um, since we've opened, we've already got really good interest in the women's only. So I think uh, we will be looking at some good numbers between five and uh, 750 female competitors at each one of those events. I suppose that's going to be an issue going forward, just talking about the people are going to be a little bit gun-shy about signing up um, till the last minute, so you're probably going to find that for a little while, for a year or so. We've, we've found that uh, at all the events, we also organise the Rotary Marathon for Athletics New Zealand uh, and have done for the last 11 years. Um, and that was supposed to be in May. And because the, the of the uncertainty with COVID, um, we've had to postpone that event uh, as well into September because numbers just stopped as soon as we went and found, and Omicron arrived in the country. So, I mean, it, you've got to be, it's got to be commercially viable, all of these events to, to keep going. I mean, it's easy for competitors to say, we'll just do it anyway, with, you know, we've only got 200 people, but if you're going to have hot showers, you're going to have professional sound companies, you're going to have timing, I mean, you're talking some serious dollars to, to do it at that quality and that level. Yep. So you have to have the numbers because your sponsorship dollars have dried up big time in New Zealand with um, with COVID. Um, can we just go back to the, the kids one, uh, the junior? Because yep. that's one of the things that we want to try and do is encourage more juniors into the sport. Um, both me and Max love obstacle racing and, and we want to – there isn't a lot of young people getting into it. So – can you just explain to our our listeners what the yep. junior series is, the age groups, how far do they do the same course, or is it a shorter course, or just so that if we have some young, hopefully we've got young mm -hmm. listeners. Uh, hope your son's listening, Max, or your kids are listening, <laughs> or Hayden's. <laughs> a tough guy is it's based on the same concept, but the course lengths are shorter. We try and make sure that the majority of our obstacles are still in all of the kids' courses. So years three and four, um, they do a 1.5K course. So they still get to climb over things, crawl under nets, go through the tunnels. They get into the muds, mud um, pits and that sort of stuff. That's years three and four. They do 1.5K. 
then uh, years five and six and seven and eight do 3K. And so the, there's a, just a split in the course and they'll have more obstacles and, and um, on their extra bit. So the, the older kids do 3K. The adults um, and secondary schools, they do 6K or 12K. So yes, the, the length of the course is designed for the kids. We put all the kids off in waves and, and year waves, so therefore it's nice and safe for them. And um, yeah, they just absolutely love it. They tend to come in school groups. You can enter online um, at eventpromotions.co.nz uh, as a junior if you want to, or uh, there's probably a couple of thousand kids enter online, but the other 12 or 13,000, they come in school groups. So it's a, an organised thing from the school type setup. Yeah, so uh, the teacher gets a hold of us. We then send them a spreadsheet. They fill in the spreadsheet with all the kids' names. The kids, uh, then when they when they turn up, the teacher comes and just picks up all the race bibs, all the finishes, medals. So then we give them all that pre, pre-event pre because otherwise the kids are going to get, their medals will get all dirty at the finish line. So then once the kids have had a hot shower, because they get hot showers as well, um, then they all come back to prize giving where we have between 150 and 200 spot prizes for the kids. And, um, yeah, they all come proud proud as punch with their little finishes medals. And we've got our MC all dressed up in, in, a, in a clown suit or something else. And, um, yeah, we just have an absolute blast. In fact, the junior tough guy is probably the favourite of all of my staff throughout the whole year for all the events from the Rotorua Marathon, the Carapiro 100K Flyer or whatever. The, the junior tough guy really is just a spectacular event. So it starts at 10 o'clock in the morning. Prize giving's at 12. The kids are gone by 12.30. Um, they have a, it's a really good day out. Now, I must admit, I've never been out there when the kids have been there. I, um, I've only ever sort of turned up. Usually Rotorua, we drive up in the morning, do that, have a shower and come back. Yeah, well, the, the wonderful thing about that is that the kids support each other and just the increase in self-esteem and self-confidence that I mean, the little kids that do netball and soccer, I mean, those guys guys and girls, they just run through the courses. It's not hard for them, right? But yeah. it's the ones that really struggle with their physical activity. It's so neat to see. In fact, I still remember about three years ago in Wellington, they've got to go through a little pond to finish off. It's only waist deep. And this little guy got to the, to the end, but to the start of the pond, it was right at the finish line. You go through the pond and then you're at the finish line. And he was absolutely shitting himself. And there's ropes on both sides. He could have just pulled himself along the rope. He's only It's only waist deep. He was standing there for about five minutes, shaking in his boots. There was about seven little boys that had, they don't know him. They'd all, they'd all finished. They jumped in the lake, walked back across, and uh, it really was quite emotional. They helped him across, and uh, this little fella got across the lake. And uh, it really does bring tears to your eyes how how cool an event like that can actually create so much uh, to the kids. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's a pretty neat event, all right? Sorry, I was just trying to find your um, championship season. I was going to ask you about that. So how, how long has that been around? And um, can you give our, uh, our listeners a, a bit of a rundown on what the um, championship season is? championships is and how it works uh, do you have to compete in all the races or 
Well, again, to just make it more prestigious, uh, gosh, it must be um, probably 12 years ago, we, we created the New Zealand Tough Guy and Girl Championship. So if you podium at one of our events, pre-event, so these days it's only going to be in Wellington or Auckland, if you podium um, in the 6 or 12K, you're invited to the New Zealand Championships in Rotorua. You get a free entry to your own elite start, which starts 40 minutes before the main start. Um, or because we've now got a limited number of places where you can actually qualify for the New Zealand Championships, you can actually pay for an entry to the New Zealand Championship again to the elite start at 20 past 10, at uh, 20 past 9. So I, I can't remember the time frames they are on the website. So you can you come into the elite field and then at prize giving, we congratulate and celebrate and present the New Zealand Championship medals for both under and over 40 male and female. So it's it's the prestigious part of the of the series. And it's it's always very highly sought after as well. Uh, and that's held in Rotorua. Oh, yep, Rotorua. Yeah, it's held yeah. in the last event of the year, so um, it's in Rotorua at this stage. Last year it was held in uh, in Auckland because we had postponed due to yeah. COVID. Ah, uh, okay. Because I was going to say, I thought it was in Auckland. Yeah, I was there last year. Um, yeah. First, I, I first, was a spectator. I injured my shoulder. Yeah, it's the only time it hasn't been in Rotorua. Yeah. And it's only the, it's the 12 gate, the 12 kilometre course. There's not a 12 and a 6k one. You've got to do. Correct. If you podium in the 6K in um, in Wellington or in Auckland, then you're invited to the New Zealand Champs, but you have to do the 12K. Oh, okay. Yeah. To keep the numbers up, it's really it's quite good. We get a field of around about 50 in that, which um, which is a high class field of 50 is is what we're looking at. One thing I think would be cool for the championships. I was wondering if you had any thoughts about bringing it in at some point. Um, but as having uh, other races, they'll have penalties for if you don't complete an obstacle or you fail an obstacle. Like Spartan is the main one. They have mm. 30 burpees or Ultimate Athlete does something similar. Has there been any thought about that for the competitive end of Tough Guy and Gal for bringing in like uh, uh, an alternative to an obstacle or a penalty for an obstacle? Um they have to at, at the New Zealand Championships. They have to complete all obstacles, and they, um, yeah, we've ne have never needed to do that. Um, but it's something that we should could you look at. I mean, that's the thing about the event industry is that ideas like that, Max. Um, you've always got to keep things fresh. Um, so it's something that we could consider in the future, but we've never needed it in the past. So just reading into that, so that all the obstacles are mandatory for yes. the championship and they're not any they're not any harder they're just the same ones as the other waves do the adult waves correct okay correct yeah yep. not that i plan on joining them i'm just happy to run around the course and <laughs> covered in mud and have a couple of beers with aj when i finish yeah yeah that's right so no it's it's the same obstacles as what the um the general public do it's just that the, those New Zealand Championship boys will probably complete their two laps in around about 52 minutes, uh, whereas the first and the adult one on the Rotorua is probably just over 60. So, yeah, they're pretty quick. Hopefully I can make it one day. 
<laughs> I've been, yeah, been okay. trying for years as sort of a goal to get to the championships. Um, and then last year, I finally made it in Wellington. Uh, came third, I think it was, and got one of your letters. So I was pretty excited about that, but then I couldn't make it due to COVID. Um, yeah. It happened and I couldn't make Auckland. So hopefully I can get faster for next year and <laughs> try and get in for next year again as well. Or this year, this oh, year. I'd love to host you guys here at any stage. Yeah, well, um, me and a couple of other guys are trying with their... Uh, we're definitely doing well. We don't know if we're going to go down to Wellington this year. We flew down to Wellington just for the day last well, last time we did it, which was not last year, the year before, I think. I don't know if I'll do that again, but uh, Rotorua and um, Auckland will definitely be on the cards. Yeah, Rotorua, uh, Auckland's going to be a little bit different um, because of our restrictions. Very hard to find a course in Auckland. Um, obviously, everything's built out. Um, so, Auckland, this uh, it's a 3K loop this year. So you're going to have lots and lots of obstacles in those 3K. Uh, they'll be very wide, so you, you will be passing people. But what that will do is it will create a massive amount of, of energy and atmosphere, I think. So uh, pretty much looking forward to that. So the majority of our field, uh, of the Auckland field of 1,500, probably 12 or 1,300 will be doing 6K or two laps. And then there'll be about uh, 150 or 200 that will have to do four laps for their 12K. So slightly different in Auckland. Slightly different, yeah. But still the same sort of distance. Yeah. Okay. And still got an electric fence, the electric shocks. Yeah, well, we don't actually turn that on for the kids, um, but it looks like it is. But they they all come off and think that they have because it's just um, electric fence wire. Secondary schools, uh, we tend to, well, yeah, it's it's not very high power. It's very, very low because obviously so health and safety is just so important. Right, yeah. uh, it is one obstacle, though, that we do say that if you don't want to do that one, you're very welcome to just run around the side. Absolutely. And few people do. And no. it's a big issue because it's about people going and having a positive experience. And if, if that really puts them off, then um, that would be sad. So they can, they can skip that one, and, and a few people do. I just realised something I was wondering about uh, a year ago or quite a while ago when you were mentioning um, the distance. Um, so, just trying to remember. So, doing Wellington, I think it comes in. Yeah, so Wellington. But that's something I wondered about because the, the finishing times of Wellington are pretty similar to your other Tough Guy and Gal events. So, have you guys purposely balanced the finishing times? Correct. Yes, ah, okay. <laughs> So to keep it simple, because if we said Wellington was uh, 4.7 kilometres and Auckland was 12.3, it doesn't really matter. Um, so you're absolutely right, Max, because it's it's all to do with, and you guys were commenting on it earlier about our timings. When we say prize giving's at 12.30, we start our prize giving at 12.30. And the reason for that is because the, the lap, in Auckland, in Auckland and in Rotorua and in um, Wellington is the same time. The distance is slightly sh shorter in Wellington. Hawke's Bay, for example, because there was so much open farmland running and it's dead flat down by the sea, um, that was actually seven and a half kilometres. But the winner would still come in, and the 6K would come in at um, 28 and a half to 29 minutes. 
So well picked up there, Max. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all to do with the timings for the day. Okay. Uh, just to keep the website simple, we've just said that it's an approximately six kilometres. That makes sense. Yeah, that's, mm. that's very good, uh, especially for like an off-road running event series where, you know, the the event, different events in the series can vary so much based on the terrain. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a very interesting approach to balance the finishing times and have the, the courses about the same distance but slightly off. Um, because yeah, it's cool. Wellington, Wellington is, uh, you haven't got any open running in Wellington. It's through streams and up up um, Everest, or what we call Everest, that steep hill, um, and then down the other side. You can't really go very quick in any sections of Wellington, and that's why it takes so long. It's a spectacular venue, though, isn't it, Wellington? Oh, yeah. No, that was worth the trip mm. down, that's for sure. That yeah. hill's brutal. <laughs> the hill sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Pretty steep. So do you, do you get out on the course much, or you're uh, always behind the microphone nowadays? Um, I tend to hang around the finish line, um, because then we've got comms to everywhere else in the course, obviously. Um, but I don't get out on the course on race day at all. Um, because I've got a team there looking after things. If there's a major problem, my course manager comes and picks up the medics and takes them out. There's, there's no point in me sticking my nose in. Uh, got a very good team to look after things, and so I tend to just be on the on the microphone because I've got nothing else to do, pretty much. And that's the way it should be. If you're the, if you're the event director, you should not have a specific job to do. Okay. Uh, what are your other events? You've got. Um all your walking and running events around Taupo and Rotorua and the, the city to surf in uh, in Tauranga. Yep. Still yep. got my um, credit for the off-road trail run, so hopefully that's going to happen this year. So we, we normally start our year in, in Taupo, uh, which was the first event that I set up, um, and that's um, the 27th year or 28th year of the Taupo Great Lake Relay. Different this year. Because of State Highway 1, and uh, when I first started, of course, the volume of traffic wasn't very big going around Lake Taupo, but now the volume of traffic down State Highway 1 between Turangi and Taupo is just insane. The cost of traffic management was looking at $27,000 um, just before you even start. Um, so we changed it this year, and it's, the numbers were looking really strong as well. Something different, as I say, you've got to keep your events fresh. So we're starting from Pukawa, but running uh, clockwise. So we're going down Western Bays. So Pukawa back to Taupo is exactly 100 kilometres. So we've got 10-person team, or five to 10-person team. So you could do one or two legs each. And then um, starting at Tihoi Trading Post is back to Taupo is exactly 50 kilometres. So that's the short, shorter event option. But you can also do a solo 50k as well. So that's pretty exciting. Then we would go into, as you say, the Rotorua off-road half marathon. We used to call it, but we've now called it the Rotorua trail run. Because if you're marketing a half marathon, you know, there's a whole lot of different distances. So it's easier to, to um, market it as a trail run. We organise that and have done for many years for the local athletic club, Lake City. Uh, then we move into we um, Rotorua marathon which we were privileged to do the 50th marathon with 10,000 competitors. We organised that a few years ago. We're now on to the 58th. 
So uh, that was, again, as I said earlier, sadly that's been postponed. But that's, it's a good thing that we've given people lots of notice and given them certainty so they're not paying for accommodation that they can't get back and flights, etc. Then we go into our Tough Guy and Girl events in uh, Wellington first. Then we go straight to Palmy and then up to Hawke's Bay, down to Tauranga, uh, Hamilton, Auckland, and then Rotorua. Then we've got the 100k flyer, which we set up. Well, you always used to be the Rotorua to Taupo 100k flyer. It's a road cycling event, and we did that for many years. Um, but we've moved it to Karapiro, so it's a loop now, which is really exciting. Then, as you say, Tauranga City to Surf, we've got uh, three different options lengths there, a 5K, an 11K, or a 21K, finishing on the main beach at Mount Monganui. Um, but what we were hoping to host this year for the very first time was the Long Course Weekend, which is a big international event, which we've paid a franchise fee from the Welsh organisers. It runs in seven countries around the world, and we were really excited about bringing it to Karapiro in January, in February, Waitangi weekend. Had to postpone it for a year. It's uh, an Ironman over three days with shorter distance options. So that's really exciting for New Zealand. So the first day is the swim. So you've got uh, a 1K swim, a 2K swim, or a 3.8K swim. Then day two, which would be the... Um, the Saturday was going to be a 50k, 90k or 180k bike ride. And then the third day was going to be your run day, which was a 5, 10, half or marathon. And then you would finish off with the long course. Athletes would be, they're the prestigious athletes. They do the Ironman distance each day. So they were going to be doing the 3k, 3.8k swim, 180k bike and the marathon. It was timed four weeks before Ironman in, in Taupo, so the timing was perfect. The athletes were really keen, but obviously COVID's put a hold to that for one year. But international-wise, we're anticipating that we'll probably attract around about four to 500 international athletes next year to that event because it's, it's absolutely massive overseas uh, and looking forward to bringing that to New Zealand uh, next Waitangi weekend. And just on the internationals, we didn't really touch that on that in the, the Tough Guy Girl series. Do you get many come in, mainly from Australia, I presume, but do you get many come over for that, or is it pretty much all uh, locals? Oh, we, we do get a lot of internationals, whether they're here specifically for the event or whether they're here on holiday. Um, each of the adult events, we would have between 15 and 20 internationals uh, that are actually attracted to the event, which is really exciting. And, and we try and give, uh, you know, put them up on a pedestal coming from a different country as well, because it's, it's really neat for New Zealanders to see people from Sweden or Norway uh, competing in the event with them. It's kind of, it's special for us as well. Okay, well that's, that's good. That's good to get some international marketing out there. Yeah, yeah, no, we do our best. Um, we do get a lot of Aussies, as you say, come across. Um, and I think that now that the border's been closed for a couple of years, or probably be two and a half years, the international uh, numbers will increase considerably in a lot of our events. Yeah, yeah. We spoke to the couple of events that held down in uh, Wanaka, and they said that, yeah, they're, um, they have a, not a large contingent, but they have a reasonable contingent from 
fly over from Oz and have a bit of a look around Queenstown and all that, and then have a yep. race in the middle, sort of use the race as an excuse to come to New Zealand and have a tour around. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we'll find. That's what will happen with the long course weekend in Wales. They've got 15,000 people to it. So um, the Welsh and the Palms, they, they love coming to New Zealand. So it'll be, it'll be an excuse to come to New Zealand. Um, and that'll be the reason that they come. They will come for two weeks, but they will uh, take part in the long course weekend. They'll probably do the long distance for each day and then they'll enjoy New Zealand. So the financial support that New Zealand will get will be heaped for that from that event. That's about all i got, Max. I don't have any other questions. Do you got anything? Just, just one other thing. I could probably um, the secondary school we uh, secondary school tough guy and girl we created a few years ago as well. And that's uh, we worked hard with NZQA, so they've got N um, NCEA credits. That's um, based in Auckland, Wellington, Hamilton, and Rotorua, and that attracts between five and six thousand competitors a year. So um, any any school kids that uh, want to try and achieve some credits by doing uh, an obstacle race, then um, it is all approved by NZQA. Get your teacher to bring a school class along. All of those fields uh, attract around about a thousand each day as well. So that's very, very successful addition that we've put into the Tough Guy and Girl. But as I said earlier, we are seeking a new naming rights sponsor for juniors and adults. Uh, so if anybody's interested in coming on board with us, uh, you'd be surprised how little we're actually asking for because we would much rather have someone like you guys that are passionate about the sport to be our partner worth a lot more to us than than the dollars so have a chat to us and um, hopefully we can come up and uh, and connect some corporates with uh, this obstacle race series in new zealand okay i will put your thinking to get on there and let you know and you've just answered one of the questions because one of the the un one of the only two questions we ask is, uh, did we was there any questions that we didn't ask that you want to add? <laughs> so, <laughs> is there any others, yeah. anything you uh, you want to bring up? Um, where can people get in touch with you? I know the website. I take it you're on social media everywhere as well. Yeah, we've got a pretty strong about twenty thousand Facebook followers, Instagram, etc. Uh, got young young girls looking after that for me. Us old fellas don't know how to do that, Stephen. I know. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, no, very strong following there. The website gets around about 1.7 million visitors a year. So um, it's a very busy website. Very proud of that. If you want any more information, just go to the event promotions or just Google Tough Guy and Girl and it, we're, we're the top anyway and just uh, have a look there. But just give us a call. The girls are very knowledgeable and um, we'll be able to give you some more information about either the juniors, again, just to... As a review, that the years three and four they do 1.5k, uh, years five, six, seven, and eight do a 3k. Then we've got secondary schools, they do a 6k, and then the adult event you have to be a minimum age of 13. They do six or 12k, and then we've got the women's only teams, and you start and finish together, um, and that's available in Auckland and Rotorua. Yeah, and the, the 20th anniversary this year is pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. And so for the so 20th anniversary, um, we are going to be providing commemorative 20th anniversary medals. Um, and so they've been designed. The, the design's on the website. It's a really cool medal. 
So um, if you want one of those that'll only be for the 20th, uh, make sure you come back and join us for one of our venues in the in the 2022 calendar because um, that's such a cool medal. It's uh, got like, it's like barbed wire around the outside and a big mud footprint in the middle and um, it's it's a pretty cool medal. So uh, it's one that you really want to have on your shelf. Although with the medals, are you guys still doing the um, usually give away cups every year? Yeah, we're still doing cups as well. Um, we're now doing um, we were doing the um, just the normal cup, but now it's the with the keep cups, the glass ones. So uh, yeah, I was going to say last one I did, I got a keep cup. Yeah, so um, we've got some keep cups there, so yeah, we're still giving those away as well. But we just think that it's really nice, and people, are, you know, guys like you two, it's it's not hard for you, but a lot of people that actually go and do the event, it's the hardest thing that a lot of them have ever done in their lives, oh, and so they yeah. they take it to work, and they're really proud as punch, and um, that's a really cool talking point. Those cups, um, mm. so yeah, we we love giving those cups away, but this year you'll get the cup. And you'll also get the medal, and of course, you know your bottle of loaded and your hell pizza voucher, etc. Those sort of things. So we've still got some wonderful partners on board. But you're right. Um, a lot of people do get get a hell of a lot out of just competing in it, and uh, and and they're not out there to set the best time or anything. It's more about just finishing with a group of mates. And I must admit, that's how I got into. First race I ever, obstacle race was a Spartan race, and that was the same thing, just going with a group of friends and having a good time and getting covered in mud. And when we went to that, to the first yeah. Auckland one, we got covered in mud just signing up. So, yeah, yeah. That's right. But then you were throwing mud at each other at the time. But, um, yeah, it is about um, the self esteem and the self confidence that many, many of the competitors, they're completely outside their comfort zone. It's it's the the obstacles are designed so that everybody can can achieve every obstacle. They're not they're not really really hard challenging obstacles because we never wanted to build those. We want to attract the masses and we want to the masses to have a real positive experience. So therefore they can they can conquer the whole course. As a, you know, as an as an ex runner myself, the last thing I wanted to do was to have it where you'd come back and you go, well, there's three of the obstacles I couldn't complete. And so you feel you don't, you feel drained rather than, than enriched. So um, it's designed very much for the non-athlete, but the athlete can go faster and quicker and designed for the, the office girls and they all get dressed up. As you see, the, the costumes are phenomenal. And if you've never been to one of our events, it really is something you need to come and do and, and experience. And But make sure you get dressed up in a, in a costume, wedding dress, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, we have some magnificent costumes every year. Mm. No, you certainly do. It, it's certainly a festive atmosphere at the beginning and the end and out on the course a lot of the time too. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a big part of, of getting the, the professional team on board and making and, sure it's done from when you start to when you leave. Like I said before, you do a really good day and Coming to Wellington, getting covered in mud and everything, and then being able to have a hot shower before I got back on the plane was worth it. Make, makes you want to think about coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then, yeah, well, hopefully we will see you, Stephen. I and, will uh, definitely catch you in uh, in um, Auckland and Rotorua. Um, it just depends how hard AJ twists my arm, whether I go down to 
Wellington, he's seriously thinking of doing your series. And he was on the understanding he had to do all three races. So um, I will be able to, hopefully he can listen to this and work it out for himself now. We get you get a cheaper rate, and when we do work hard on keeping the the cost of the entry down as well, because um, I, I do uh, some of the other events are, are quite expensive, um, and we try and keep it down as much as we can, obviously. But um, the kids event, we're very blessed. We've only got that. The kids event's only twenty five dollars, so um, we're we're lucky to be able to keep that because we piggyback off our contractors, and our contractors look after us to, to make sure that we can provide that for the kids because we want the kids to be able to come out and have a real positive experience, but increase their self-confidence and self-esteem. So uh, thank you very much to our contractors for assisting us with that one. Okay, that's good. And uh, do you want to give up any of the other, um, anyone else that uh, works with you, like um, sponsors or anything like that? You know, it, it's wonderful to have Massey University on board this year. They've taken naming rights of the secondary school event. Um, we run two junior events from Massey, and um, they're a wonderful team to work with. We've got Glow Lab looking after our women's event. Uh, we've got Hell Pizza back on board again. They are just spectacular. They provide us with Hell Pizza vouchers, which you can use. On, I'm, I'm sure you guys have used them as well. You can use them anywhere in the country. Yep. Um, even the juniors, the junior kids get a Hell Pizza voucher worth 10 bucks as well as part of their entry for 25 and they get a medal and everything. So yeah. um, Hell Pizza are one of our biggest partners. So thanks to them. They really are a wonderful team to have that have been backing us for many years. All right, Max, do you want to ask the last question? Yeah, so one thing we've been asking everyone who comes on our podcast, pretty fascinating getting people's answers. It has nothing to do with obstacle racing <laughs> but, uh, it's fascinating getting people's like an insight into their their way of thinking um but the question is if you could have coffee with anyone uh dead or alive who would you like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with um probably douglas wakahuri and you're thinking who the hell is he well he was he was uh, a runner that i admired and he was uh he's won the world cross country championships and things like that so as an ex-runner he was my role model so he would be one of the people that i would love to go and have a coffee with that's good you probably won't get that answer from anybody else (laughs) we had arthur lydia lydia yeah we had him uh but yeah most of them were uh, a bit more uh well known, I should say. Yeah, uh, he he would have been well known, but it's a few years ago. See, sadly, I've turned sixty now, so um, that's when I was about seventeen, and he was my role model. So it's a few years ago. Mm. Mm. Again, thank you for uh, for the invitation, gentlemen. Very much appreciate you allowing uh, me to talk to your audience about event promotions and the tough guy and girl. But if anybody's got any further questions, uh, please give us a call or an email and um, we will get back to you as quick as we possibly can. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Max.